Hi, I'm Corey Shockey, the uh, Director of Foreign and Defense Policy at the American Enterprise Institute, and I am talking with the Outstanding Research Director of the European Council on Foreign Relations, Dr. Jeremy Shapiro. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Corey. How are you? I am well, and I was super impressed with an article you wrote recently on the way the United States has accelerated past its European friends and allies. I was particularly surprised by the economic data. Will you recount it for our listeners? Yeah, I, I used uh, advisedly the, the financial crisis of 2008 as the departure point, because of course there, that was a big roiling in the economic affairs of both the United States and Europe. And it was very clear that the United States recovered a lot more quickly. And if you recall in the early 2000s, when technically speaking, both of us were still adults, um, the, uh, it, there was all this talk about how Europe was surpassing the United States. And in fact, in 2008, Europe, the EU as a whole had a slightly bigger economy, 16.2 trillion versus 14.7 trillion for the United States. Now, uh, uh, these are 2020 numbers, so uh, 13 years later, um, the United States has an economy which is 30% larger. It's uh, The U.S. economy has grown to $20.9 trillion, and the EU's economy has actually still not re recovered its 2008 level, and it's at $15.7 and that trillion, and that includes actually the U.K. And you talk also about what this means for defense policy. It seems to be the overriding lesson is the obvious one, which is America's closest friends and most reliable partners are less able in relative terms to contribute to common enterprises, which seems true. What else should we understand from that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, 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 to me, it's quite interesting because the there there is in in Europe a sort of very frequent denial of geopolitical reality. The reaction to this piece was quite strange in certain ways. Some people said, "Well, yeah, but what is what does the size of your economy matter?" And yeah, but <laughs> is military spending really important in the modern age? And and what is the difference if we don't spend our our military um, spending collect, uh, wisely, as the article says, they don't. And and to me, it sort of indicates that that Europe has sort of taken for granted its geopolitical weight. These things, they don't matter on a day-to-day -day basis, but over time, they really start to tell. And if you lose a third of your co economy relative to your biggest ally, that's going to matter. Uh, yes. And so I think that's what I wanted to sort of point out. Uh, Europe has been losing a little bit of faith in the U.S., uh, mostly because of Trump, but also because of, of domestic polarization and the, the sort of sense that the U.S. is becoming both less competent and less reliable. But and so they've had an idea about stepping up by what they call European sovereignty or European autonomy. But I think what this article shows is that they actually have a lot less material to work with than they think so. And at a time in which the international order is becoming much more dangerous, in particular for Europe's security. Um, I have been pleasantly surprised at how well the NATO alliance has been holding together under Russia's threat to shoot the hostage of Ukraine unless we return uh, to the Soviet glory days. Um, are you surprised that Europeans and the United States are holding so closely together? 
No, I think, you know, nothing really brings the United States and Europe together like like Russian aggression. Uh, and, you know, Vladimir Putin is definitely the biggest advocate of or the biggest uh, motivator of transatlantic unity. So congratulations, Vlad. But uh, I think even the analysis that I'm showing, it doesn't tell you that there will be splits between the U.S. and Europe. Actually, the fact that US, that Europe is so unable to deal with Russia on its own means that as soon as this crisis occurred, Basically, everybody sort of looked around the room and said, who should deal with this? And like the, everybody's answer was the Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, really, even the French didn't really want anything different to happen. So that's good for unity, but it's not good for the sort of balanced relationship that you, that you ultimately need. You know, if this was the Cold War and this was the central front, I'd, think, I'd say, OK, fine. But the United States is looking to get out to go to Asia. And it's not looking to go there because it likes the weather better than in Europe. It's looking to go there because China is a sort of massive geopolitical challenge of a generation. Yeah. And if it can't find allies in Europe that can handle a problem that should be handleable by them, then it's going it's then that will ultimately cause discord in the relationship. And also the United States wants European assistance in Asia because European countries have interests in Asia as well. And so a geographic division of labor doesn't work for Europe and it doesn't work for the United States. Uh, in our last 20 seconds, top two pieces of advice for our European allies on rebalancing the relationship. Uh, I would say first, um, you know, spend more and think harder about, about uh, geopolitical effects. Uh, the, con your con the size of your economy matters. And we're done. <laughs>